Welcome back to Perspectives YYC Presents. Um, looks like we are making a second episode, which is uh, exciting. Uh, we're here at Media Lab YYC. Um, this great sponsorship collaborative partner, Kyle, here at Media Lab YYC uh, with his co-working space for digital media. This place is wicked. A couple notes for Kyle's hard work. If you did listen to episode one, Apparently, I have a fidgety pen clicking problem, and I <laughs> challenged Kyle to erase all of those crappy noises uh, and still have Alvin come through. So uh, thank you so much, Kyle. You're, uh, you're amazing. And because I do things backwards, the musical portion was added in post-production, but that was a single by a friend of mine, um, Morgan, uh, who is uh, producing music under the stage name of Malori. And you can catch her on Instagram at Malori, M-E-L-L-O-R-I, music. And her single is actually already on Spotify. Um, and very likely, I think, in the discussion we've had previous to this, uh, it will be on this episode again, too. Today, we are inviting a special guest, an acquaintance of mine. I hesitate to say friend because I don't want to overstep. Uh <laughs> Nah, but we friends, man. We friends. <laughs> <laughs> a spoken word poet, Zaire. Maybe, Zaire, I'll ask you to just quickly introduce yourself, and maybe we can talk about how we kind of met and how we know each other, and then we'll see what happens next. For sure. Uh, so my name is Zaire Seeley. I was born and raised in Montreal, Quebec. Um, moved to Calgary around six years ago, and I've been doing spoken word for about two years now. I'm um, just growing in the community, just adding you know, my touch of flavor to it. Um, I met David at a show I was doing, actually. And um, yeah, we just connected over poetry, o over the different disciplines, um, as he does photography, and just seeing the cross breeds of that. You know, I love art in general, whatever it is. And uh, we just started working and building from that. Yeah, the event was People Are Pearls, which unfortunately isn't around anymore. Yeah. But Rihanna, who invented that, I mean, she's a, a fascinating human being. Yes, yes. Very, very interesting. Very, very cool, actually. But mm -hmm. um, for those that weren't there, uh, for me, you know, what was amazing, other than like meeting amazing artists like yourself and you're a great performer, Zaire, uh, is uh, being somewhere with like young, hip people on a Saturday night and people are not <laughs> like drunk and fucked yeah, up yeah, but people yeah, are actually yeah. there in a collaborative community yeah. about love and about yeah. community um that movement that she tried to start there was incredible yeah yeah i think it, it definitely left a lasting impact i know on myself um for sure i think it was so welcoming to have a group of young people as you're saying a group of young people gather together and just want to create and and want to get to know each other genuinely and help out build the culture in this city and i'm still friends with a lot of those people today still in communication with them and really just wanting to grow to see this city you know be recognized as a art hub as a cultural hub yeah there's just so much happening right now in calgary that i also want to tap into and yeah whether i'm inspired or um just flat copying the people of pearls movement that, <laughs> you know history will tell but i think that one of the main principles of what i'm doing is kind of like you know we've talked about this just getting that creativity out in front mm -hmm. of quote-unquote regular people or whatever it is i mean inside those communities there are these i don't want to say cliquey communities but like you know people hang out people know yeah uh, once you get in you start meeting other people that are doing cool shit yeah but you know, on the general public and mm -hmm. still the sort of stereotype of what a Calgarian is yeah. or whatever it's supposed to be, you know, um, there's there feels like there's a barrier. There feels like there's a gap. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's what I always 
find, you know, whenever I'm doing different shows and I meet people who you wouldn't traditionally find in these settings, they're always blown away. Like, I never knew this was going on in the city and I wouldn't expect that. And um, I'm so moved by that to continue to bring what I'm doing, spoken word especially, um, but also music in general, just to just to the, the populace in this city, but also just take it worldwide. You know, I, I, I don't recognize barriers and borders. And as an artist, you can't even have that, you know, you can't have that frame of mind. So I think just continuing to come into these sort of spaces, which is phenomenal, by the way, um, and just meeting and collaborating people and just continuing to push genuine art um, that is a reflection of the world at large. Yeah, you know, it's interesting hearing you say that I, you know, I have this, I don't want to say bias, but like this perspective that all my work, uh, whether it's the magazine, this podcast, putting on shows, is about this definition of the idea of local, and it's got to be Calgary, and mm-hmm. it's got to be YYC, it's got to be this, got to be that. But you know, I like hear whenever we talk, I like hearing about your sort of um, opposite perspective, which yeah. is that wherever we're from and whatever we're doing and wherever it gets birthed, it needs to kind of be pushed out uh, mm-hmm. for a maximum impact or effect. Yeah. And something that, yeah, hearing you say that again, uh, I'm going to try to conceptualize for myself <laughs> the, uh, not to get too restricted. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think the work that I'm doing requires me to just, yeah, stay a little bit more local than mm-hmm. you. If you yeah, can get yeah. out and just be big, that's huge too. Yeah. But it's interesting, interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. Just quickly, you know, coming from Montreal to Calgary, I, I, it sounds like you weren't necessarily a kind of, um, onstage artist in Montreal, mm-hmm. but um, any kind of brief cultural opinions about the difference between the two cities? Yeah, I mean, Montreal, I think out east has just more of a history of being a cultural hub, of being more akin to like an NY sort of city. And I definitely like growing up in Montreal, though I wasn't too immersed in the culture as I was growing up, I definitely recognized the impacts that uh, music like jazz, um, hip hop had uh, being around like an urban area. Um, I think I take a lot of that from that city and, and bring it here. And as you were saying before, you know, I think it's so important to tell our stories. And my story is being able to travel from uh, Montreal to Calgary, but also to different places in the States when I was growing up. So I've never seen, I've, I've seen the similarities between the different places where we still have the same struggles, we still have the same desires and ambitions. And um, though our stories may be local, they can speak to a broader range. So I think it's important to always keep that in mind and and craft our stories in such a way that it is an open door for people that are not necessarily seeing the same thing, but experiencing similar conflicts and, and joys and passions and pains. You know, I like I like that I asked you about differences and you came back to me about similarities. I think, <laughs> no, man, that's huge. That's yeah. a big philosophical and like kind of a spiritual mm-hmm. uh, perspective there, which I love. You know, mm-hmm. when we spend so much time trying to define and, and weigh in on how we're different, yeah. that's how you get all that conflict. Yeah. But when we start looking at, you know, through empathy, through art, through conversation of how we're all the same. Yeah then uh, yeah, that sense of community drives us to do Yeah, that. I think that's that's also important to note just as you're speaking it. Um, one of the major contrasts I saw from being in Montreal to Calgary was how race and culture is really treated. You know, uh, Montreal is known as a very multicultural place, whereas in Calgary, when I first moved here, it felt more divided. And I struggled with that a lot. And I was very challenged and, and my my sight was so focused on seeing differences that built up a barrier within myself so that I wasn't able to 
speak to people in a compassionate way. I wasn't even to, even though I had a message, I wasn't even able to get it across because I wasn't trying to understand their point of view at all. So I think that's one thing in the recent years that I've really had to challenge myself and I continue to challenge myself just to be more open-minded and, and see other people's perspectives and how I can incorporate those in my stories. It's interesting here you say that. I mean, uh, number one, uh, if you haven't guessed that Zaire Seeley is a black man, with your poetry, the other thing I noticed, other than, and we can speak of both, both about race, but also uh, you speak a lot about women and about, um, I don't want to define it because it's poetry, but yeah, either your relationship to them or how you're trying to get connected to their experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been a big theme, at least from what I remember. Yeah. Um, so maybe, you know, looking at those two sort of conceptual approaches, you mm-hmm. can give me some insight as to how you come up with that material, how you... How you feel that, and um, and why that's become such a pro- you know prominent part of your your artistry? Yeah, I think I'm I'm so much a student of history, um, but at the same time, I find it necessary to take ourselves out of time, because I wasn't though I can understand the things that have brought us to where we are. I didn't necessarily experience them, so I think a lot of the time we get caught up in being in the thick of things, whereas I've always had an outside perspective before I'm immersed in it. And when it comes to women, I grew up in a two-parent household. I was fortunate to see the role that my mom and my dad played, the importance of them together, the role of of women in my life. And I'm just so appreciative of that. And for me, I struggle a lot in in today's time with uh, women who have accepted uh, labels that have been put on them by other women, labels that have been put on them by society, by men. And uh, I just always want to encourage women and men just to see who you have been created to be um, at the heart of things and um, why it's important to be righteous, why it's important to see value in in the way you conduct yourself. And, you know, I I realize that for me to say that also means I need to be that way myself. You know, I need to walk as I believe a man should. I need to conduct myself in a way that's mindful and respectful of everybody I encounter. So yeah, that's really where, where it comes from. And also just my my desire for a wife, you know, to, to have that person in my life, to have that companion, to have that person I can I can really grow with and move through life with is something that, that's exciting to me and I'm waiting for. And, and uh, yeah, it brings me peace and joy. Hmm. Uh, how old are you, there? I'm 22. Fuck, dude. Like, uh, <laughs> the stuff that you're talking about, like, I'm 40. <laughs> I'm, like, just also agreeing with you, but, like, it took me much. I mean, I, I don't want to mischaracterize myself as, like, you know, a misogynist, <laughs> racist, you know, piece of shit or anything. But but I was very selfish. And I think I, I've been characterizing this a lot with my con- uh, conversations with artists in Calgary. Like, I had my finger pointing out mostly instead of pointing inward. Mm-hmm. And trying to um, tell the world how it ought to be as opposed to trying to figure out who I needed to be, mm-hmm. who I was going to grow to be. Uh, and I recently came across, I don't know if it's a quote or something, but uh, the general idea that aging and maturing is about um, becoming who you're meant to be, you know, spiritually or through God's plan or whatever the, the right phrase is in that context. I don't even know who said it, uh, to be <laughs> honest with you. But I was, it came into my mind uh, as you're speaking, um, but to hear, you know, so I'm going to shout out your parents or your your environment that you at 22, at least uh, through this mouthpiece, have such <laughs> wisdom uh, that at the very least, you know, being able to step aside and look at projects that you're engaged in um, in that way is it's fascinating. It's inspiring, man. Thank you, man. I really appreciate that. Yeah, and the the wife thing is big. I'm going to shout out my wife again. <laughs> yeah, to, 18 years to. together. Hey. She's. Uh, 
she's a miracle in my life, man. Mm. And uh, and like I said, 38, so only starting to really starting to appreciate her now. Yeah, yeah but she's uh, she's something, man. That's beautiful, man. So. I, you know, I'm always uh, appreciative to hear people that are still together because it is a challenge to stay together. And especially in our times where it's like, we can divorce, we can walk out the door like like nothing happened, you know? And I find it rare to see couples still together after especially like 10 years or something, you know? So to hear that always just really excites me and um, always makes me just keep looking forward to that, you know? Yeah, I'll pray I'll pray that you find that. I uh, you know, sometimes people ask us like how, how that's even possible mm-hmm. and I don't have an answer. I mean... <laughs> The things that I put my wife through, uh, she should have fucking kicked my ass to the curb <laughs> so many times. Yeah. Um, so whether that speaks, you know, positively for me, for her, who knows? What at the end? Yeah. Um, but that companionship. I mean, outside of my wife, not to harp uh, entirely on that relationship, but like, you know, friendships and like getting yeah. connected with other artists and other collaborators, other creators, other people that are maybe you know, I, I'm uh, for the forward of my magazine. I'm thinking of. Uh, writing a piece about how art, in my opinion, I'm beginning to think is more about being an expression of some kind of spirituality, about some kind of, um, I don't know, some connection to something bigger. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whether we need to define it or not is actually kind of irrelevant, I think. Mm -hmm. But because I want my definition of art through all of these ventures to be outside of the fine art ideology and this old world thing where it's only, let's say, painting or it's only photography, it's only whatever. Um, like uh, my one of the more exciting things too. I mean, I, I've been contacted by two uh, personal stylists. Mm-hmm. I've got a glass blower reaching out to me, like uh, <laughs> Kyle here, who runs a, yeah. a media lab. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's art, man. Like it's yeah. not just what you do, um, you know, down mixing uh, this kind of crap. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But like even just being available to the community to mm-hmm. be creative, those yeah. things are huge, right? Yeah, absolutely. I found like so many things happen behind the scenes. You know, the person up front is like the last in a long line Mm -hmm. of creative people of visionaries you know um for me i definitely wouldn't be here without the the literature that i read without the uh people with the sound just from every certain thing those people are the ones i reach out to first when i have an idea or a vision just to speak to and you'll you may never know them you may never know their names um but they are supremely instrumental in everything that we as artists as vocal people do they are definitely like the the silent champions Hmm. tell me about your poetry i mean um you know from uh performing because spoken word differs a little bit i think from you know standard uh i mean there's so many it's just like photography there's so many different approaches so many different ways in which to express um, some thought or emotion through uh, language. Mm-hmm. Um, but you specifically, you know, are you pre-writing these things? Are you, are they more intuitive? Like, um, is it important that they're always going to be performed live or there's stuff that you're writing for yourself that's, you know, uh, what's your what's your practice like uh, along those lines? Yeah, usually I'm always writing to release to the world. Um, as you know, just by our conversations, that's a big thing for me. I never want to keep anything to myself. Um, so every time I initially have like a spark or or an idea and and it'll usually come in the first few lines however many that may be and then I realize I have a concept that I want to build on and after that I'll just start researching it I'll start um, sitting with it for a while Um, so I'm now I'm in the beginning of creating a whole project around seven to eight tracks and it's just really incorporating spoken word and music hip-hop and rap all of my influences um, 
as you know, we know art is is not limiting. It doesn't have those borders to it as other disciplines may. Um, and that's what I'm really trying to focus and zero in on, that there is no limitation to what I'm doing as long as the message stays the same. And whatever way I can speak it with the most power, with the most impact, that's what I'm really trying to do now. Yeah, let's speak about that project. I mean, I'm presuming it's the one that I've uh, sort of uh, flirted with a little bit, um, but you've cut a single that I've listened to, which is, it's fucking incredible. And uh, uh, Tim's the singer. Uh, yeah, I don't yeah. know who's, I, I can't remember who he is on Instagram or how he wants to be uh, yeah. remembered in public. Yeah, his, uh, I hope I get it right, Afumbam, which means God's gift. Um, that, so that's the that's his professional art, artist name that he goes by, cool. which is also his middle name. So. Cool, cool. Yeah, he's a nice guy. Um, I know you're working with Wayne to do some music video stuff. Wayne yep, Toast. Yep, shout uh, out to Wayne. Yeah, he's, he's a cool kid, man. Oh, yeah, Wayne's phenomenal with yeah. what he does. Yeah, he's doing some cool video work, and hopefully we can reconnect and get him... Uh, talking to me but he's you know essentially broadcasting live on Instagram like yeah. so but yeah talk to me a little bit about that i mean i guess the main thought that occurs to me is like i've listened to the track i listen to you know my discovery weekly on spotify is now essentially like all indie rappers consciousness rappers hip hop music all that kind of stuff um you wouldn't maybe know it to look at me but uh, that's where i find uh, my spiritual energy is right now but I wonder too, like, you know, listening to your track, one day hopefully we can agree to have it on the podcast. Maybe you guys come and perform it. Mm -hmm. But um, what's the schism you think between wanting that spiritual music and expression versus like popular music and getting things that are, for example, commercially viable mm -hmm. or um, that are going to presumably connect more with, uh, you know, unaffected audience or whatever you yeah. call it? Yeah, I think. For me, the main thing is just finding the niche, is finding um, the people that really respond to your message. And I find when you do that, those are the ones that are the ones that push it out. Like you haven't heard this, you need to you need to get on this. Those are the real pushers, you know. I think it's our our job as artists to respond to our hearts and to the audience that connects with that, the audience that has a similar heart, a similar mindset. I think I'm definitely still growing in in creating that type of sound that I want for myself. But I think, as I said, the message can stay the same. It's really just the sound that draws people in this day and age. Um, that's like the main the main attraction. And I think I definitely am developing an ear for that type of sound. Um, but once again, I, I never want to limit it. You know, I find for this piece in particular, which is called Manhood, spoken word was the way I wanted to go. I found that it was a piece that needed to be said in that way. It needed to just every component and how it all came together with me and Tim, who didn't even plan on creating it in that way. We just got together and understood that we were going through the same thing, that we were seeing the same um, challenges in the world. And we just wanted to respond to that as individuals. And when we came together and realized we had something, we just picked it, picked it up and ran with it. Oh, I like that. I, I don't know how to respond. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. I, I'm, I can't wait to hear the rest of the tracks. Mm -hmm. um, now, you, we were talking briefly, you're planning to try to release that uh, in a few weeks, yeah? Yeah, so uh, we're working right now to put together a live show. And um, me and Tim had started a collective, which is called Two World Creatives. And our focus is making the world we envision the one we live in. And um, our aim is to just put that, create a platform for artists that have the same goal in mind. And uh, at the show, uh, as we're working with other artists, um, just to have a showcase of 
um, people who who share that opinion and who have phenomenal artistic talents, whatever discipline that is, if it's motivational speaking, if it's hip hop, rap, spoken word, whatever the case is, we just want everything on the table. And uh, at the end of the night, we plan on premiering that that uh, video. You know, when I reach out to artists, be it you know spoken word artists, photographers, uh, musicians, whatever. There's a feeling in Calgary where whatever that entrepreneurial, youthful, um, yeah, persona, it's like people seem to want to help. People mm-hmm. seem to want to like connect and push and do mm-hmm. the next thing. At the same time, like we spoke at the beginning, there seems to be this feeling of a barrier where like there is also kind of a limitation to that or a spot where that kind of quits. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Are you, do you have an experience with that? Like, do, do you think I'm kind of getting the, the right sense that I'm experiencing right now? Or? Yeah. Um. I find Calgary is just very young in its ways, as uh, like I'll say, artistic, entrepreneurial ways. So I think I meet a lot of people that want to help. They're not sure where they can help, or kind of if they're stepping over their line, or if they're in an area where they can't help anymore. So I think it's just important whenever we meet people to have an honest dialogue, to be able to um, speak openly. For me, I find at times I feel a limit to maybe press a certain topic or say, I want my music this way. I want it to sound like this because I have more of a working relationship as opposed to like kind of a friendship type of thing. Um, so I find it's, you know, we have to push limits. You know, if we want to grow as a as a city in our culture, we have to push limits. And sometimes that's stepping over the line, but then we can reestablish where, where those limits are and how far we want to go with one another. Um, but I find at the end of the day, if we as a city really want to build ourselves, we have to just become increasingly hungry in our desire to build one another up and, and not see that uh, it's us versus them or anything like that, you know? Yeah, I wonder, like returning, I mean, and this is clearly a big principle value for you, but maybe on that collaborative piece, when we focus on a conversation or a narrative in which we are similar, mm-hmm. and instead of, yeah, people wanting to help, but thinking about either why they don't measure up or they don't want to step on people's toes or that it's competitive. You know, like, for example, we're aiming for my issue two uh, to do an inception piece where I'm going to uh, interview and talk about another magazine Mm. because fuck it. You know, like, yeah, yeah, that guy, Riley Kern's doing a a magazine called Vantage. And, uh, you know, it's trying to do the same thing, trying to get photographers, try to get local artists in front of people. So why would I hate on that? Exactly, yeah. But there's just an inherent tension too, mm-hmm. you know, especially even for myself, like walking up and interviewing him or talking to him. Yeah. There's that subtle voice too that's like, oh, you know, what if they do this? And, and I'm learning to try to disregard that. Yeah. Yeah, I think for me, I see everything as a plus, as a positive. Steel sharpens steel. Um, so whether it's in a good way where someone's actually trying to come at me in a negative way, I'm just going to use it in a way that's uh, building myself up or uh, we're going to come together and create something that's a masterpiece. And even still, we're going to be able to do something together. Um, So, you know, either way, I feel like I've been appointed to do this. I feel like this is a gift um, and that can't be taken. That's something that's within me. And I feel that's the same with everybody at this table. I feel like that's the same with everybody that I sit down with. We all have gifts and talents that nobody can take from you. Um, that voice comes up. That voice has no right to take what what isn't theirs, you know? Yeah, man. You're inspiring, dude. I, Kyle and I were just talking before you got here. Um, 
uh, about a lot of shit. But one <laughs> of the themes that came up was, um, you know, I was walking over here myself and I started to feel this anxiety that, mm. um, you know, the reality is like none of this shit actually pays. Like I, you know, I don't have a lot of money left. Yeah. Uh, everything's going to peter out, you know, I get all this negative, negative, yeah, negative. And then yeah. this thought occurred to me that, I think that this is also what I need to do, mm -hmm. that I'm here at least in this state, uh, in this present moment um, to get Calgary art, mm -hmm. culture, people out in front of other people. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm going to commit to that, then I need to also commit that to the fact that if the lifestyle that surrounds being that person uh, means a fundamentally different one than I'm experiencing right now, then I need to accept that as yeah. well. Uh, now, whether that means I end up in abject poverty, you know, begging for street change so that I can uh, produce the next podcast, or, you know, that it's actually just going to work itself out, which mm -hmm. is likely the case, um, I need to stop thinking about this brain's belief it can predict what's going to happen yeah. next and just kind of be here and keep doing the next thing. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, you know, something we all struggle with. I know that I've been struggling with it lately, um, but I always just come back to, countless stories that I've heard, whether it be from the Bible, whether it be from modern day people, just the struggles of continuing to push on um, despite the failures, despite the the voices, whether they be internal or, ex or external. Um, and, you know, there's days where I'm waking up like, yo, is anybody hearing these words? Do they matter at all? But I'm always, something happens that day where I'm just reminded that they do, that they do have power, that they are changing. Um, and man, like, to say to you, your photography does impact my day, you know, um, just just seeing it and sc scrolling through it, that 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 inspires me. It's like David's still out there working. You're, you know, somebody is is still working continually. And that motivates me because if everything shut down, if if um, Instagram or Facebook, all these um, mediums that allowed us to connect with one another just shut down and, and we weren't able to see that. We would really just be in the dark. We would feel like nobody else is pushing. Um, so I'm just continually encouraged by these sort of platforms and experiences um, just to continue, just to, to keep pushing on. I think it's also important to be wise and, um, you know, not put our, all our eggs in one basket, um, but recognize that you have this gift um, and that is your that's your life's work. You know, that's God's work. And I'm never going to give up on that. And I don't think anybody should, because when they do, they they experience a death. Um, I think that's worse than the actual one. If they do get into this post-apocalyptic thing, I will be <laughs> at my office at Philip Sebastian's in Mission, apparently. Yes, and we'll sir. do that old school Renaissance coffee shop shit. Yes, sir. I, I remember I saw this documentary. I couldn't ever find it again. When I used to have cable, it was on uh, PBS or whatever. It was about uh, coffee. Okay. And it was tracking coffee's entry into Europe. And what was really fascinating, That's it's awesome. like it uh, starts in Ethiopia, you know, with this ground tea and all this kind of stuff um i think it's turkey next that uh, either has an incursion or a trade and then the turkish um ruler uh, rules that this shit is so good <laughs> you know it beats the dirty water and the booze that it's not allowed to be exported so wow. it, be it becomes this like um domestic uh treasure yeah and then i can't remember if it's marco polo somebody from italy comes and steals coffee so <laughs> they come they experience it and they steal it it's high stakes and he yeah man and he brings <laughs> when he brings coffee beans out of turkey so turkey and ethiopia apparently have the similar uh thing where they it's ground you know almost like a tea and you know the grinds are still left yeah, in yeah, yeah. apparently in turkey they still have people that uh look at the leaves and predict your future and all it's yeah. pretty cool but it corresponds that the smuggling and then the future sort of um 
trade of coffee in Italy corresponds with the Renaissance. Okay. Because like around that time, instead of just getting shit faced on wine and like garbage, right. uh, you get this new beverage which uh, fires you up and gets going. Right. Um, and then they track it all over the, the world. The other fascinating tidbit, I lost my reason why I brought this up, but <laughs> um, when it enters, uh, oh, it's about coffee shops, but when it enters uh, England, uh-huh. Uh, coffee ends up being served in brothels instead of cafes. Wow. And so all the intellectual men and of that era or the, like thinkers would go to these brothels and they would drink coffee and they would have these, you know, scientific political conversations, but they'd also be with all these whores. Right, right, right. And so when they would go home and they couldn't, allegedly, this is what the documentary is saying, uh, when they couldn't perform at home, the wives were like, well, what's going on? And they're not going to talk about the hookers. So they kept <laughs> blaming coffee. Right. So the women in England banded together and they started a motion to ban coffee from England, which wow. is why coffee switched to tea uh england switched to tea Uh, according to this documentary (laughs) i always want to rewatch it because as i'm learning a like humans memories of shit is always you know uh, (laughs) off balance it's never truly factual yeah Uh, but also because uh it's a cool story yeah i'm like (laughs) i gotta check that documentary man yeah if i ever find that's true that's crazy yeah like uh, this idea of like yeah coffee shop stuff meeting human beings in person yeah I have my trepidations about social media and uh, all that stuff, but like you're bringing up, um, yeah, man, like seeing you pop up that you're still performing, mm-hmm. putting some of your work, uh, whether it's words or visually, mm-hmm. um, and you know, extending that to all the people. I, like I was just, I don't know if I talked about the last podcast, but I talked to somebody recently about how I can't follow people on Instagram because they're popular. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So yeah, like these famous photographers that have 22 million. Like I, I don't give a shit yeah. about their work. Or I have a few that I just think their work is mm-hmm, fucking dope, mm-hmm. but it's like about the work itself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so for me, my feed typically, I'd like to at least characterize it this way that uh, as I'm scrolling through, you're right, man. Like it's not intention that I meant to be inspired by it, but it is inspiring because mm-hmm. there's people creating content. There's people yeah. doing something, mm-hmm. whatever it might be. And what I've really been noticing lately is when that is an evolutionary one where it's like, People's process seems to be evolving, changing, mm, doing different things. Yeah. Um, I think that's one of the dangers of popular and social media that you get into that or commercial anything. You mm-hmm. get into that uh, rhetoric or mindset that it's for the popularity, that yeah. it's for money, yeah, that yeah, it's yeah. for this. And then the creativity dies because yeah. it just doesn't become mm-hmm. personal anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for me, I think to to keep that alive it's, it's the same thing like it's a social media and all of these mediums that we've grown to use um are a double-edged sword and i find that i need to check out often and periodically just check out just turn it all off and just go back to the basics just go back to the roots of what i know what inspired me first and foremost whether it be a walk whether it be a book i just need to do that from time to time and what i use these things for is one to release and also just to see people continuing to to build and create um and what i want to do is is never shy away from uh, intense conversations, whether that means people love me or hate me, um, and just always become the best artist that I can, the best human that I can, and just continue to just release everything until I, I leave here empty with nothing left to give. It's like you're a poet or something. <laughs> <laughs> something um, like that. All right. So from a lead-in perspective, mm-hmm. uh, what's your opinion about kind of throwing down something on the mic right now? Do you need some time to prep or do you want to actually uh, yeah. try to give us a little piece? Yeah, we can do it. I think, I think I'm good. Yeah? <laughs> I all think right, I'm good. Right. I'm going to leave the floor for you all for right. a second. I got a little short one for you guys. Okay. 
You know, I used to like this. The poetic license we've used to lie since the body became the soul's coffin, but now often I'm off in God's country. Cause frankly, I'm sick of sin, bragging from the back of a bandwagon. It's tongue wagging while the ancient dragon's dragging the whole world down to its depths as we ingest death and call it life. Humor me. And just suppose I juxtapose the pose of a people exposed to evil with those illuminated by the light. Though sometimes darkness looks a lot like light. That's only when a cult, churchy through horror, scopes making it damn near impossible to cope. Cause first they introduced this era where trust Trump's truth to get me to trust Trump's truth. Then assassinated characters that wouldn't stand for anthems but tolerated tiki torch tantrums. All this to say we should let daylight save us before the sun sets. By taking this unique niche that even Nietzsche couldn't fathom without the phantom of the gospel. When your faith has five senses, you can change the scene by shaping the unseen. So now like your autumn leaves, I'm just waiting to see which side of the fence you'll fall on. Thank y'all, thank y'all. Fuck, dude. That's Zaire Inc. <laughs> on Instagram. Zaire. Uh, Z-A-I-R-E-I-N-K. Yep, yep. I, I did this thing with Alvin. Um, I'm going to try it again just because you're not a photographer, but um, also because you haven't had a chance to listen to the first podcast, so you wouldn't have thought about this yet. But uh, <laughs> I'm going to ask you some word association questions. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to do the uh, W51H but if you can, maybe in the context of whether it's being an artist in Calgary, about being, it's just being you. All right, so let's start with uh, how. When I say how, do you have a feel? I think I understand uh, how. Um, by walking, for me, it's like, how, how do I do what I do? Mm. Um, and I do that by taking a walk. I do that by um, just enjoying creation, enjoying nature. I do that by prayer. Um, I do that by conversation um, with my dad, with my friends, close associates, uh, visionaries. Hmm. I like that. I like there's that sense of maybe humility, you know, to get outside yourself like we talked about Mm -hmm. and just see, not even see, just be part of. Yeah, Yeah, that's a major thing for me, Uh, not to go off on a tangent, but... Sometimes I get so stuck in my head just wherever I'm writing and I go outside and I'm like, whoa, man, people are walking their dog. People are just drinking a coffee. People are just living life in a normal way and, and just centers me. It's just like, okay, it's it's not so crazy. It's not so bad. That's acceptable. That, no, just, that's good. No, it's beautiful. Um, let's try when. Oh, I like that one. When I met myself, it was one of the most rewarding, life-changing moments. I like that too. Now, I have an interpretation of what that means, but, you know, for me, I use the term like fi- like hitting my bottom and having to kind of face myself and mm-hmm. learn to take uh, responsibility of yeah. what I am and what I intend to be. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, maybe you can expand on that. Yeah, definitely. Um, a lo- uh, Very much along similar lines. You know, when I first met myself, um, I'll say was in my brokenness and, um, you know, just a great loneliness, um, just feeling like I was the only person in the world. And from that point, it was just getting to know the the qualities that were mine and mine alone, that weren't associated with anybody, that weren't associated with the things that I'd grown up around or the things that I had even done. They were just me at the root. I love that. I- uh, it, it kind of harkens back again to another thing that Cal and I were talking about earlier, that isolationism and this sort of actually counter-biological idea that the brain tells you that you need to do everything by yourself mm-hmm. is so self-destructive. Yeah. And like, 
you know, we were an animal that if we were on by ourselves, like any other animal would kick our ass. Yeah. We'd lose to a fucking wasp, <laughs> right? Yeah. And yet over history, through collaboration and mm-hmm. through cohesion and through society, we've been able I don't want to characterize as we're winning anything, but we exist. I mean, we've been yeah, uh, been allowed to exist for mm-hmm. 10, 15, 40, it depends, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. what I want to say, 1,000 years. But yeah, like facing yourself, being open to that, it's interesting. Yeah. How about where? Hmm. On a deserted street in the middle of the night. Mm. All right. I need you to expound on that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so true story, I uh, jumped out of a moving vehicle and that was that was where and when i first met myself you know and i think to be able to do that um to you know that speaks a lot to to the state of the state i was in to jump out of a moving vehicle um possibly die um you know and yeah so that that was where that was where it all really happened where i literally hit rock bottom and just needed to figure figure it all out like how much of that story do you want to talk about? Is that good enough, or do you want to get into any details? <laughs> we, we can get into it, the details. Yeah, it was it was before I had ever performed. Actually, um, I think it was early 2016, um, just after my, maybe my 20th birthday. But yeah, you know, I had gone through a lot of challenges. My parents had gotten separated. I had dropped out of school. I had was having difficulties with my brothers. Just a lot of things were going on, just a, a real whirlwind. And I it was before I had I had written but never performed and never knew like the potential of these words and how far they could take me. Um and I just was in a period of despair where I was doing drugs and just into odd things, into things that, that weren't at all building me up, were very much destructive. And, you know, I I just you know, we we lash out. We we just we just go. You know, we we don't know. We just know we're ticking time bombs, and when we explode, we don't know how far that will hit. But I think from that moment, I realized that you know, my my parents, my brothers, my friends, the people that I've met, you know, will never be touched by anything that I have. Hmm. I, I'm just. Uh, I mean, I've yeah struggled with my own addiction stuff, and uh, coming through um, where I'm at now. Uh, yeah, man, like that propensity when we feel alone to push back out mm. and put that pressure on everyone around us, yeah. hurt people we love. Yeah. Um, it's crazy when you come to face that. Yeah. And you see the truth is, it was me. <laughs> yeah, it, absolutely. Oh. Yeah. Huh. All right. I'm liking this, dude. <laughs> yeah. That's why I'm excited you're here. That's why I call, I'm calling you a special guest on my Instagram. Uh, why? Why? Because I have to, because I need to, because I was created to. Um, yeah. Yeah, let's leave that at that. Right, <laughs> that's cool. What about what? To live out my days in the presence of brilliant people, in the presence of the one who made me, um, in the presence of those I love. And I guess finally, who? My father, um, my family, my family at large, um, Jesus, um, myself. I guess in in relation, to, I mean, you know, you speak a lot about your father. Uh, he's here in Calgary. Yeah, he's. Yeah. Here. I guess is there any? I mean, what's the most inspiring thing you had to talk about? I mean, is it just 
his character and who he is as a person? Is he also an artist, a creative? Like, where where's that relationship? Yeah, um, you know, for me, it's so interesting because um, when my parents got separated, it really brought an opportunity for me to meet my father as Stuart. Um, before that, you know, much of our lives is spent just knowing our parents as our parents um, and not understanding who they are as people, as their personalities and things like that. So just getting to know my father as I'm beginning this journey in my life, um, his the life that he's led, the decisions that he's made, the experiences, and to be able to still be the way that he is, um, to still be in his right mind, to still have leadership qualities, to still be so uh, warming and, and giving to people is really just for me incredible considering what he's come from, what he's had to endure, not just in his past, but even now. Um, and it's just something that uh, definitely inspires me and definitely like holds me to a certain level that I want to not only reach, but exceed. Hmm. Yeah. Shout out to your dad. I, uh, yeah. Through my process, I'm starting to finally open some doors and like uh, view my parents as human beings, mm-hmm. uh, which has been a very difficult thing for me. I'm sure, yeah. But listening to you, I think it's a fascinating thing. Uh, I don't know if I want to presume that not a lot of people do this, but when you, yeah, take away the idea or characterization of a person by their role in mm-hmm. your life mm-hmm. and then see them as a human being. Yeah. Um, now, it does take some openness from them for you to even learn what yeah. they may have gone through Absolutely. Uh, to have to deal with whatever they needed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, to be as ambiguous about as possible, but <laughs> there's something I think that mm, undermines that idea of connection. It has to start somewhere close, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, I think the media and like a lot of stuff characterize that as, you know, your boys or your friends or like all this, and then that's important, you know. But like when it comes to love, when it comes to like something that's inexplicable, maybe, mm-hmm. um, and those connections we have in the people that are dearest to us that are... I, there's a movie on Netflix, I can't remember, it's kind of a you know rom-com, meet-cute type of thing. <laughs> but uh, they had this great line, um, which I'm going to butcher, but it was something about how we define people we like by the characteristics that we uh, enjoy about them. Right. But we define love um, by what we'll do in spite of. Mm. You know, and I think for me, when I heard that, and it's probably, yeah, I'll have to write down and do it officially next time. But <laughs> um, yeah, like with the family, for example, you know, despite whatever I believe to be the tensions and all of the egregious offenses that my family uh, yeah. committed to me and mm-hmm. all this kind of bullshit that I'm learning, you know, I love them, man. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I didn't run. I mean, I ran in, in a physical sense, like I'm here, yeah. I'm not in Toronto, but but I tried to stay in contact mm-hmm. with them and I fought those fights. Um, and now that we're not fighting anymore, uh, yeah, I love my family, man. Yeah. I love my parents, my brother, my sister, awesome. um, and my wife, of course, and all. Yeah. And now I'm learning to love all these people in Calgary. They're becoming yeah. a, a new family mm-hmm. for me. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's a fascinating thing. Yeah, man. Just quickly on that note, you know, I, I see so much problems in our society and issues within ourselves that stem from the family dynamic, which is for me crazy because like the family should be the most powerful entity. Um, But for some reason, it's just really destroyed left and right. And I feel very blessed to have grown up in a two-parent household for much of my life and to be surrounded by my brothers. Of course, we had our problems as all families do, but um, to just see that love, that that affection and um, the values brought in were so important to me. And, you know, definitely I think my greatest struggle with my family was seeing my parents get separated and 
it did bring a lot of sadness and anger and, and, and hate. But I just had to reconcile that and seeing them as people, you know, seeing that we don't live in a perfect world. Um, and as a result, we, we succumb to whatever pressures um, we face within ourselves externally at times. And but I think taking, you know, the bedrock of what I came from and, and, and what a true family should be is always something that we should build on. You know, for the record, they tried, you know, I think whether that was misconstrued or whatever way it came out, I know that they tried, mm. you know, so that's just something I always take to heart. Um, learning about that concept of expectations and mm -hmm. you know roles yeah. and these like ideas uh, for me is uh, this chicken and egg concept you know is the family situation a reflection of uh, society at large or vice versa is mm -hmm. society you know dissembling because we can't get our family straight I don't know yeah. what, do you, what do you think on that I don't know man <laughs> I'm, it's all kind of popping up in my head mm -hmm. I I lead apparently a quite a blessed life uh, with uh, a woman that stood by me with for 18 years so far. So mm -hmm. I think I'm biased in the sense that uh, even though I can't define why we work, um, that it's still plausible. Mm -hmm. And therefore, um, yeah, is it is it that the situations break and these kids grow up and they're fucking mental and uh, screw <laughs> up politics? Or is it that there's all this external pressure now that um, that you're only happy when you look like this and you're mm. only happy when you own this. And these characterizations of, yeah, we can talk about patriarchies and matriarchies and all this other weird shit that like, you know, bend gender roles, you mm -hmm. know, like, I don't know. That's a complex one. Yeah. Maybe, you know, if I, if this podcast survives and I get to meet like a bunch of different people, yeah. you know, maybe we'll revisit it and Absolutely. we'll see uh, if I've evolved some kind of opinion, but uh, <laughs> fuck, I don't know. man. <laughs> All right, uh, we got a wrap. But um, any what like what's what's up for you next? Uh, are you performing um, anywhere? We got this release coming up. Yeah, so uh, just follow me on Instagram, Instagram um, at Zaire Ing, Z A I R E I N K, um, for updates. Um, we'll definitely be having that show sometime soon, and I'm just gonna be in the studio and in, in the lab, just working on uh, a whole project. So just stay tuned for all the information about that. Zaire's also. Um, presumably send me some stuff for the magazine we'll work together yeah, so absolutely. maybe he'll be out there we'll see if we can figure that out um but i'm hoping that you keep me involved too uh whether it's through the podcast through my shows or whatever that we absolutely. can work together to to push uh i don't know good vibes definitely yeah i also got a note i'm doing um i'm working with a, a collective a caribbean collective and we're doing a youth summit on october 6th i believe um so you can follow me on instagram for those details but i'll be performing there as well and yeah we're just just trying to build a youth in this community just trying to support them see that they're receiving the best opportunities thank you so much man I appreciate um, it. when you said yes i got excited <laughs> me yeah, too because you're a thinker no i love it um thank you, man. Thank you, Kyle, for the use of Thank your space, you, Thank you, Kyle. your microphones, your computers, um, your knowledge, and your personality, uh, which are all pleasant. Uh, <laughs> and um, thanks for anyone listening to this. Um, I'm going to presume for now that we're going to outro with uh, uh, with the great song from last week again. Um, and uh, hopefully I'll be back in soon to issue episode three. Uh, look us up at Perspectives YYC, either... The website, that's a .com or Instagram with an at at the front. Um, we've got a magazine now. We're doing this podcast now. I've got shows in two venues now. So um, hopefully you can help support us to support uh, YYC artists all over the place. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Thanks. Thank you. Kiss my story in the dark. Was it